Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself, richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Spotless, Wrinkle-Free. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, let's start there. From time to time, I do weddings. And every once in a while, my wife and I get to attend a wedding, which is nice just to get to go to one every once in a while. And one of the greatest things that I get to do is meet with couples that want to get married before they get married. But on the other hand, one of the toughest things that I do is meet with couples before they get married or want to get married. It is harder and harder in the world today to have standards. Things have gotten so compromised, so watered down that almost anything goes. And we've gotten to the place where we say, well, you know what? They used to do it this way. And I know the Bible says this, but really, you know, we're just going to bring everything down, lower the standards so that it just almost anybody can get in. And then we wonder why people have so many problems. So here's where we're going today. God has a plan for your life. And he has a plan for his church. And he's trying to accomplish something. And he's on a mission to turn us into a bride, a spotless, wrinkle-free bride. Okay? So let's read some of these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is Paul writing to this church. He says, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin in Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So simply put, stick to Jesus, stick to the guy that you've been betrothed to and follow him, chase after him, and be chased after him. Ephesians chapter one, turn over there with me, a few pages to the right. Ephesians chapter one, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It's all in Christ. But every spiritual blessing, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, now he chose us to be what? To be holy that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Before the foundation of the world, God knew you would be born, and he also knew that you would be born again, and his plan, his purpose, and what he declares you is what? Holy and without blame before him in love. That's how he sees you. 
My problem is I look in the mirror, I look at my life and I go, I don't see holy, I don't see blameless all the time. So what's wrong with the picture? I've got to move up to what he's already declared me and let him process my life. And he says, you're holy. I go, Lord, look at my life. I'm not holy. I'm not set apart. I'm not any different than the world in some ways. He says, yeah, but I still declare you holy. So let's figure out what that means and let's turn you into what I've already called you. If you tell a kid that they're a loser, they're worthless, they're nobody, never gonna amount to anything, it's amazing how they live up to your words. But you tell a kid they're amazing, you tell a kid they can be anything God wants them to be, that they're great, they're extraordinary, kids start thinking, well, maybe that's true. But what if God himself says you're holy? What does that mean? Then something needs to change in my life so that I look more like what he's already declared me to be and blameless. You say, well, I've got plenty of stuff I can be blamed for. Then let's eliminate some of that. Another passage, Ephesians 5. And I'm not claiming to have figured this out, but something went off in my brain this week and I have read this over and over and over. Do not stop reading your Bible. You can't imagine how dots will connect on you 30 years into the same passage. So this passage, we're gonna jump in here. Gosh, it's hard to not read all this, so we're almost gonna read all of it. Ephesians 5, 8. Now look how he describes these believers that he's writing to. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Just ask him that. Don't go doing something just because you want to do it. Go, Lord, do I have permission to do this? You know, we do that as children if it's working. Hey, mom, can I go outside and play? Hey, mom, can I clean my room? You don't hear that a lot, but, you know, kids asking stuff. Don't stop asking just because you think you're all grown up. Hey, Lord, can I take this trip? Can I buy this car? Find out what's pleasing to him, not what's pleasing to you. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed or made manifest by the light. And whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise." redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. You want to be full of something? Be full of the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, and then he goes into this thing. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. And then he says, husbands, love your wives. And then the parallel. How do you love your wife? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, so it's a sacrificial love, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So sanctify her, make her holy and cleanse her, make her clean with the washing of water by the word. So what is part of his plan? It's to take his bride and clean her up, make her set apart, not like the world, completely different. Make her holy, make her clean, and it's the word that does that. So why do I have to read the Bible? Because the Bible is like throwing yourself in a washing machine. 
it knocks stuff off that cannot stay. And he starts cleaning your life up. And you get clean, you go, okay, I'm all set now. And he says, well, yeah, kind of, but we're going to make another run. He shows you something else because it's caked on. So you say, I think I got it all. Well, let's try again. And then look at this next phrase. That he might present her to himself. Now this, he's talking about the church. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. What is the goal? Spotless. We were going somewhere the other day and Rebecca was putting her makeup on and she had all black on. And this is why I quit wearing makeup because it's just a nightmare. Um, <laughs> She was putting some powder. I don't even know what all, she think I would know what all this stuff is, but somehow I think some powder, poof and poof on her black skirt. And she said to me, run, get me a wet rag really quick. Now, what's she trying to do? She's trying to get that spot off of her because she's not going out that way. So God looks at us and he sees his church, his bride, the body, and he sees spots, he sees wrinkles. Iron things out, fix it like it's supposed to be. So you got spots in your life. You got wrinkles, stuff that needs to be changed. Why not show up right? You say, well, why doesn't God leave me alone? Because he'll never leave you alone until he produces what he declared you to be. So he doesn't quit. You say, well, I'm tired. I don't want him messing with me. Leave me alone. I'll just wear this wrinkled shirt. I don't care. It's not your shirt. It's his shirt. It's his life. It's his bride. And look at the words he uses here that he might present her to himself. So you got the groom getting the bride ready for the groom himself. That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Here's what I believe. You can bring me a lost whore and let me hook her up with Jesus and we can turn out a chaste virgin a restored woman, you go, that's not physically possible. There's some things that trump physical, spiritual trumps physical. So you gotta believe that stuff. And you say, well, you're just thinking positively. No, I'm thinking powerfully based on the word of God. So you say, well, it doesn't matter who I was. Not if you are who you're supposed to be in Christ. Keep reading on that one in Ephesians 5. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. So Jesus basically loving himself when he loves his church. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Do you know what he's trying to do with us, with me, with you, with us? He is trying to nourish us and cherish us and let us see, look, no one's gonna love you better. than You don't have to go look and have an affair on Jesus. You don't have to cheat on Jesus. No one's gonna take better care of you than he does, so stay home. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but Paul says, I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So the reason marriage is so huge and needs to be held up so high is that is the example that he gave of his relationship between Christ and the church. So marriage is a big deal. Go to Colossians chapter one. 
I'm just gonna read it. Colossians 1, let's jump into verse three. We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is also in the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth, as you learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you have any desire for any of that? If you don't, that's what he's trying to move you toward. Look at how he described it. You may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Think about that. You say, well, I believe God created everything. God didn't just create the visible, he created the invisible, stuff you can't even see whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross." And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister." And then jump down to verse 28. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So you come in and say, well, here's my life. And I go, okay, I get it. That's where you are. You don't have to die here and you don't have to go back to where you came from. Let's move this forward. What's he trying to change in your life? Well, I don't want to change that. Well, if he's trying to change it, you're going to die or it's going to change. Okay, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Find it, it's in there, go right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just look at that, one verse, sanctify you completely. So what if you turned yourself in, you turned yourself over and said, okay, God, I am willing, I am open to being sanctified completely. Whatever's gotta go, have at it. And you end up all the spots removed and all the wrinkles ironed out 
and you are literally presented like a bride that could not have done anything else to be more presentable inside and out to stand before your king. Old Testament, those queens, these old kings that had tons of wives, the women would take a year to get a woman ready for one night with a king. It's just one big spa. Treatments, hair, skin, everything. She showed up and that might be her only shot to get the king's attention. Let's get his attention. Let's be attractive. Let's go to another one. We're almost done. Titus chapter two. Now I'm reading you all this so you know, well, he didn't just pull one little verse. It's an isolated thing. This is the whole deal. He's trying to change us from the inside out so that not only he has something to present to himself, but he presents us to the world and goes, look what I got. Look at my body. Look at my church. You want to be a part of this because nobody treats anybody better than he does. Titus chapter two, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. It's okay to have not a standard, but his standard. And don't get caught up in what you're doing or how you're living. Focus more on who he says you are, not on who you think you are and how you see yourself. You say, but my behavior says that I'm unholy. Then let him change your behavior. First Peter chapter one, a few pages over. And another reason I'm reading this is I want you to read it. I want you to go home and read your Bible. Find out what's in here. First Peter 1, 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. So he didn't say you're stupid. It's just back when that's all you knew, you just did whatever people do. You're not stuck in that world anymore. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. For if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition of the fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So you got a without blemish and without spot lamb who is trying to turn you into a without spot, wrinkle-free church person. He's got game, he can do it. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. These are not just, again, positive thinking. Oh, let's think about these things. Think about these things because they're promises. He delivers. So if you say, God, I want to be holy in the way you are holy, set me apart, do whatever you got to take, you'd be amazed at how he starts doing that. He's been trying to do that if you're a believer. Just cooperate. And where that passage starts there, obedient children. Sooner or later, you have to obey or it's not going to come together. One more, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. 
Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, in other words, in his body, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Now, I've said this before, I've read it, it's replete in the scriptures, and let me just in all honesty tell you this. If you decide to live the Christian life and follow Christ and live a holy life, you are going to suffer. You cannot say no to sin and not experience some suffering because your flesh is gonna scream. It can be in regard to food, sex, alcohol, whatever your deal is, your body, your physical body literally says, I want what I want when I want it. You cannot tell me no. This is your body talking to you and your body is running your life and you have the spirit of God as a believer living in you with the power of God to say no to the flesh, yes to the spirit and shut this stuff down. But even when that happens, there is suffering. Now, if you suffer for a while, you'd be amazed at how you go, okay, I can live without this. But you can't change, usually, without suffering. Okay, look at this verse. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. If you'll just give the suffering a little time, you know what'll happen? You'll quit that sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Now here's part of my question today. Why in the world are you going to devote the rest of your life to some sin that is destroying your life or taking your life when you could just say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. I know I'll have to suffer to get through this, but it'll stop and then I can live for the will of God, not of men. How could that be a bad thing? Well, I won't get to do what I want to do. And how is doing what you want to do been working out for you? He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent, now look at how he says this, and think about this. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime doing the will of the Gentiles. Enough already. We've spent enough time doing this. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Did I leave anybody out? If I left you out, raise your hand. Okay, it's all in there. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. Part of your suffering will be physical, but part of it will be social. Because your friends will go, what well, do you think you're better than us now? You can't drink with us anymore? You can't party with us anymore? What are you, some holy guy? Exactly. <laughs> That's the goal. But I'm gonna lose my friends. Let me tell you something about friends. Real friends are impossible to lose. You can't lose a real friend. Your real friends go, dude, what happened to you? They might follow you out of the mess. But some will speak evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest. Real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. Get a hold of the goal. 
What has he declared you to be? What is he trying to move you toward? You say, Lord, well, just look at my life inside out. Any spots that need to go, he's a great spot remover. As it turns out, blood turns out to be the greatest spot remover in the universe. You say, well, blood stains in the best of ways when it's his blood. And the stuff you can't iron out, he can iron out. You end up spotless and wrinkle-free and ready to be presented to him. And beyond that, you just get a better life. You get a different life. Now, if anybody listening here beyond says, well, I want in on that, you cannot participate in this plan without accepting a gift. And the gift is the life and death and burial of Jesus Christ. You have to accept what he did when he died on the cross, was buried and raised from the dead. You have to personalize that and say, I believe you did that for me. I'm a sinner. I got all this mess. I can't clean it up. Only you can change me. Only you can save me. And you ask him to do that and you let him do that. And then he moves in and he starts to move through your life and things start to change. Not everything in one day, but over a process of time, there is change. And it is extraordinary. And there is suffering, but it ends up a whole lot better than living the way you were living without it. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talks sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us, richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.